It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. It is great to be with you on Memorial Day weekend, which is a cherished weekend in America where we celebrate, remember, pray, express our gratitude for those men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice to keep our country the greatest country in the history of history, to keep our freedoms and our democracies. I know that has nothing to do with the stock market, but it may have everything to do with the stock market because of our many freedoms. Anyway, we're going to do some stock market work. I do want to remind you, you can watch us on TV, Fox Business Network, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Fox Business Network. And uh, if for some reason you can't be there at 4, you can just text your favorite 9-year-old, and she'll teach you how to DVR that show. And here you can live stream us on the Internet, LarryCudlowShow.com, LarryCudlowShow.com. You can hear us throughout the country, around the world, throughout the solar system, and the Milky Way. Let's do some stock market work. We've got Jack Perusian, chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group, and we've got Mike Ozanian, assistant managing editor of Forbes Media, co-host of the great show Forbes Sports Money on the Yes Network. Gentlemen, welcome. Mike Ozanian, the Yankees need a solid – this, of course, has, this is what I always do. The Yankees need a good starting pitcher, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, somebody probably can, too, Larry. Somebody can win the game. Jeez. Well, when you're scoring one run a game, you better get a couple of really great starting pitchers. I don't know. Uh, maybe there's another Ron Guidry or Whitey Ford out there someplace. Oh, I love um, Whitey Ford. Yeah. Or Severino maybe can stay healthy. That should help. I don't know. You know what, though, Larry? To your point you made a few weeks ago, it's tougher this year because the whole darn division's really good. It's probably yeah. the best division in baseball, you know? Uh, there isn't a weak team in the division, so uh, it's going to be tough to make the playoffs, but I think we can do it. Well, I was, um, you know, unfortunately, I was watching Baltimore. They're a good team. Baltimore Very used good. to be a pushover. They're not anymore. Anyway, Jack Bruges, I know you're a commodities guy, but I think the big story today, the big story this past week and maybe longer in the stock market is NVIDIA and artificial intelligence and tech stocks. Tech stocks up 5.1% for the week of the S&P sectors. I know the overall Dow was uh, down 300-something, and interest rates have been going up. But it's all about AI, NVIDIA, and related companies and tech stocks, Jack Perugia. Now, this is the latest fad or what? It feels a lot like a fad, except for the fact that there is some substance behind it. You know, think of the dot-com bubble. We knew that there was some substance there. But you had a lot of companies that were trading at 200 times revenues, and, and, you know, they didn't last. So, you know, for me, it's probably creating another bubble scenario. Now, the, the one thing I will say about AI and, and this is something that people that are buying these stocks don't realize, is that it's probably the most disinflationary, disintermediating invention that is ever going to be created. You're going to end up putting 300 million people out of work with this thing, and people don't understand that. That's not how an economy grows. You know, yeah, so but... when, when people get all excited about this, I, I guess, you know, be careful what you ask for. Yeah, um, but you're, and... you're going to create 600 million new jobs. Well, you know, you, you, you 
Shrimpeterian gales of creative destruction. Come on. Uh, Modernity is good. It is, it is, except when you have automation and robotics and, and when you can, when you can run a, a fast food franchise restaurant with one or two people and have it cashless and, and replace 20 people, that tells you something right there. And that's exactly what's happening out in Europe when you go out there and you see what's happening. But, but this rally that's taking place is more than just AI. This is a, a market that's now being priced for Nirvana. You know, one of, you mentioned it about the tech stocks. If you take, and I just had this talk with somebody else, if you take 10 tech stocks out of the equation, this stock market is flat. It's doing very little. In fact, it's lower on the year in many cases. Um, and, and that tells you how, how top-heavy it really is and what, what horrible breath we have in this rally. So, you know, and, and what that tells you is the flip side could be true. If this market turns, it's only going to take a handful of stocks to take it much lower. Mike Ozanian, are you surprised to hear what a Luddite Jack Berugian is? <laughs> I am. I mean, coming from a fellow Armenian, I mean, we're the, uh, we're the only seeing the seeds out there of growth. Um, is... I went to play devil's advocate. You know, I, a lot of this, uh, not specifically what Jack was saying, but in general concerns you see about tech and uh, these companies taking away from jobs and all that. I do recall, you know, that was a big concern in the 80s and specifically the 90s. But uh, one of the things this economy is missing and why we're growing, you know, at less than 2% instead of, you know, 3.5%, which we averaged for many, many years since World War II, is the lack of productivity. Yeah. And productivity is disinflationary, which is good. Um, and these jobs also, you know, reminds me when all the naysayers were out there about Ronald Reagan's brilliant pebbles. And they were saying, you're never going to build a, a defense shield. Well, one of the things they missed was all the tremendous technology that was spun off from that and, and how it was used in the uh, non-defense economy. And I think a lot of that is, is going to come from this tech stuff. But I, I agree with 100% of Jack's larger point, which is there's no no breath in this stock market. In fact, uh, to parallel what Jack was saying, I saw a great headline the other day. It said the S&P 493 is up 1% here today. Jack was, you know, p- pointing out. And, you know, I think it's seven stocks, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, uh, Microsoft, Google, Tesla, and, and uh, one other w- w- are up 44% year to date. And the rest of the S&P are up 1%. So, yeah, but, but that's not surprising because, you know, just going by overall earnings for the S&P 500, it's supposed to be up 1% this year, 1%. So, you know, it's, it's easy to see why there's no breath in this market because there's no earnings breath. Yeah, well, GDP profits are falling. Yeah. Last, last yeah. two quarters, GDP profits, that's the broadest measure, NIPA. National income account profits, uh, and we were talking in the earlier segment how gross domestic income overall in GDP is fallen for two straight quarters. So you got that. I forgot, by the way, Berujian and Ozanian. This is the Armenian Super Bowl today. I, I, I always forget that when you guys when you guys come on. God bless both of you. 
Uh, Jack Brugian, what's the commodity story? It still looks very soft to me. I'm looking at the CRB and the Goldman Sachs. What do you think? It is. It, it, it is soft. And, and I mean, look, and that's where you start to see some disinflationary pressures. It's one of the reasons why we're seeing stocks and bonds continue to send conflicting messages. We're seeing that, that inverted yield curve that's, that, that's stubborn, uh, you know, between the twos and the tens, between the, between the three month and the tens. And all of that is more than just this whole deal that, that, that's hanging up, which is all, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of BS, and we all know that. You know, but the reality is that those conflicting messages are really more a result of, of what you just described. Right? We're looking at a slowdown. This is a, a real slowdown, and that's why you are looking at commodity prices cooling off. And at the same time, unfortunately, you have Americans that are losing purchasing power parity. So it, this is a very unique situation in, in, in the life cycle of our economy right now, and it needs to be corrected. And a lot of it is because of policy mistakes that were made both by the Fed and by, by the legislature. Well, look, at interest rates are going back up again, which is very interesting. I mean, we will, we will extend the debt ceiling, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's kabuki theater, as Joe Lavornia said in the earlier segment. But your 10-year note is back to 380. That was as low as 330-something. Uh, two-year note, 456. Uh, 30-year mortgage is 715. Michael Zanian, um, interest rates going to pose another barrier to stocks? I think they're going to stay stubbornly high. I don't think they're going to climb. Um, I, I, and the big reason is, and I like to give credit for people who do the work, but our very good friend Donald Luskin, I thought, wrote a, a great op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this yeah. past week. Yeah. And, 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 and he pointed out with very specific numbers the changes in the money supply, and he pointed out that it had peaked at 27% growth year over year in February 2021. But he said over the past year, it shrunk by 4.68%. We're talking about M2, which I think is a solid measure to look at. And, and the reason, one of the reasons why I think he's on to something is because you look at gold and the dollar the past week. Gold went down. The dollar got stronger. Uh, so so I, I think that, you know, accelerating uh, inflation uh, is not going to happen because of M2. Uh, but I do think where it is now, you know, what, what is it, about 4.5% growth year over year or something like that, I think it's still too high, and it's going to be stubbornly high for a while. Well, look, Milton Friedman's M2 models would tell you we're heading for a deep recession, and we're also heading for lower inflation, Jack Bruger. I mean, that's, that's the class. I was trained as a monetarist in college, and uh, that's basically what his model would tell you. Well, you know, having having sat next to, to both Merton Miller and Milton Friedman on the board of directors at the CME Group, I can absolutely guarantee you that's what they would have said. Yeah. Uh, and and both of them. And but but more importantly, I think that uh, you know they'd be probably scratching their heads, uh, you know, over the course of the last ten years between the the monetary policy and and the fiscal policy that's been out there. But you know, just just getting back to it, and I think one of the things that we want to pay attention to is is the fact that both VIX and gold are telling us another story. There is no fear in this market right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got a VIX under 18. You've got gold where that was bid up for a little bit, but it's not bid up to the point where people are afraid. So, so again, there, nobody seems to be afraid of what might happen yeah. in another six or eight months, even though people are talking the market down. And it's one of the reasons we saw that giant rally on Friday. 
you know, you had people off sides, portfolio managers that realized it was going to be the last day for them to be able to buy stocks, and they'd have to report to their board of directors and, and, and answer why the market was now closing on the highest it's been in over six months, and they were in cash. So you had people running into equities. We saw it. You know, I mean, and everybody was talking about it. Now, now the question is, you know, is it sustainable? Uh, you know, I mean, again, you're looking at a market that is really struggling with these earnings. Let me come back to bonds for a second, uh, Mike Ozzini. Would you buy bonds? Do you think interest rates have peaked? Boy, I'm not a big, big player in that area. Uh, you know, I prefer equities. I, I, I would not. I would not buy bonds. I think there's too much risk in there right now. I, I really wouldn't. Um, I think very selectively, you're better off with equities. I also, I think the dollar's a good play right now. I, I, I really do. But I think uh, just to buttress what Jack said, you know, the forward price-earnings ratio on the S&P 500 is 18. So Jack is hitting on something here where you look at the overall market and it's still not priced as though you could have uh, you know, a significant downturn in the economy. Um, I think a lot of people are also saying, I know revenues are expected to increase 2.5% this year, but they're saying share buybacks could help a lot. But I, but I think that's a bit sort of risky to look at right now. I, uh, I, I'm not really buying that story that buybacks are going to get us up to high 1% single-digit growth in earnings. Joe Biden wants to tax share buybacks. Yeah, well, look, if there's one green shoot, it's, it's, it's if the House can make some headway, take one small step for mankind <laughs> in this budget thing, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a huge, huge step forward because uh, as you have, as my boss Steve For- uh, Forbes has uh, pointed out, you know, this this Supreme Court ruling, uh, you know, with in terms of water on your land. Yes, yes. If, if we can just pare back, forget, a, forget about uh, getting some small victories with, with Joe Biden. If we could pare back the regulatory tax, I call it. Yes. It, it, it would be huge. You know, there's a huge battle in Jersey right now where craft breweries are trying to get Governor Phil Murphy to pare back some of the re- regulations that are killing just all the craft breweries. I mean, you can't even sell a soft drink in a craft brewery. They regulate what music you could play in a craft brewery. I mean, these are the types of things that a lot of people, unless they operate a small business, are not aware of. You know, it's not on the news every day. But, but wow. they're owners for economic growth. And there's a market opening because no one's buying Budweiser. Whoops. <laughs> right. Whoops, we're going to leave that one there. Too hot to handle. Jack Perusian, Mike Ozanian. We're going to come right back and get a good stock market outlook for both of them. I'm Kudlow. Stay with us, folks. These days, I think I'm being very defensive. That's what I'm preaching, Larry. Uh, in fact, you know, I hate to take the other side of, of, of my brother, Armenian's other trade, but, you know, I'd be, I'd be long bonds here and, and short equities. I call it my economy deterioration spread, unfortunately. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I see over the course of the next few months, uh, primarily because of, of what's coming out, uh, you know, between, you know, these various headwinds that the market is facing. And, and one of the, those, those black swan events, 
that, that could take place. You know, it could be, you know, something that comes out of commercial real estate. It could be uh, something that comes out of, uh, you know, the, the community banking system. But something's out there, and it's one of the reasons that, that the inverted yield curve is signaling what it's signaling, and that is that there is going to be a, a serious issue coming down the road here. So, you know, I... I've always said that bond markets are are smarter than stock markets because bond traders have always been star, you know the, the stars to me, uh, and and that's why I'm not going to fade it this time because every time I've tried to fade it, I've been wrong. <laughs> All right, and um, Mike, you're are you you're the reverse sell bonds uh, yeah, buy gonna, stocks. My, my thing is, I, I'd rather uh, utilities have gotten crushed this year, uh, but. As a contrarian play, I, I go with something like Dominion Energy, which is a utility. Now, you know, its earnings are going to be flat at around 365 a share this year and next year. But you can get a uh, yield of 5.1%, which is, you know, just about, it, you know, at the three-month treasury yield. So, you know, you got upside appreciation, and you also have with that a really nice $2.67 dividend. And, again, I like the dollar because uh, I, I think that with the money supply getting crushed, I, I think you're going to see the value of the dollar go up. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, those are two places where I put my money right now. If interest rates come down, let's go back to Milton Friedman's M2 scenario. If interest rates come down, will the dollar come down? I think the dollar had been so pushed, you know, crushed from inflation. I think that as inflation comes down, I think the dollar is going to get uh, much stronger. That's my play on this. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, again, to go back to Don's piece going over history, I think a lot of people have been focused on the Fed's move on interest rates. But I think the money supply and government spending – you know, at the printing presses with that, I think those have been even bigger factors because we had long, long periods of, of monetary easing of easy money. And that seems to be changing. Well, it has changed. And I, I think that if we get out of this uh, printing of money and we get down to where we have uh, very stable M2 growth, I think that's going to be very good for the dollar. Yeah, it should be good for the economy. Good for lower inflation. Jack Bruzen, abstracting from your Luddite views, the fact is NASDAQ has gone up five straight weeks. Does that end? Well, you know, I, look, the market could stay irrational for a long time, Larry. You know, you and I have seen it. You know, I mean, I, I watched it back in 99, and I scratched my head all the way on through. But, you know, the, I mean, the reality is that this, the, the market is reacting to what you know, Mike was just talking about, that the cheap money that was existing for years and years. And right. you know, the, the Fed took way too long. Instead of tapping the brakes like those of us that live in, in cold water climates know that you do it in snow, they've been slamming the brakes for a year, and that's how you yeah, that's how you end, end up in a skid. All right. Thanks very much, Jack Brugian, Mike Ozanian. We appreciate it. Folks, we're going to take a break. On the other side, some money in politics with Liz Peek and with Steve Moore. I'm Cudlow. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.